0: I wonder what it can mean that by the Spirit we put to death the deeds of the body. By the Spirit we do that. What does that mean? Well, we'll explore that somewhat, as best I can anyway. Colin Cook here and how it happens, a broadcast on the good news of the gospel. Thank you so much for joining me today. You're listening to a broadcast that teaches the gospel through the book of Romans Not that it excludes other books, but the belief that I hold is that the message of the gospel in the book of Romans highlights the meaning of all the books of scripture. Because here in this book, the atoning work of Christ for the sacrificial work of Christ for the sins of the world explains so much of what is going on in the rest of the Bible, the Old Testament particularly. We see that even in God's judgments, he is bringing a knowledge of the Lord to all people so that he can bring salvation and have mercy upon all, it says in Romans 11 verse 32. So, listening to this broadcast, if you can, any time of the day or night, on your smartphone, simply download a free app—SoundCloud, Sound, uh, Spotify, or Podbean—and key in "How It Happens" with Colin Cook. You can go to Google Podcasts and key in the same. Data, Or you can uh, listen on the radio, 10 o'clock in the evening, repeated at 4 in the morning on KLTT AM 670 in the Denver and Colorado and surrounding states areas. So we are looking at this glorious chapter, chapter 8, the life in the spirit, life in uh, freedom from death, as Paul is describing life in the kingdom, freed from the power and judgment of death, So that even though we may die, we shall live, and Christ will raise us from the dead at his coming, and even the dead and the living are all alive to God, as Jesus says in the book of Luke. So, we have a message here that is full of hope, and I hope that you will continue to keep listening. Here we are then in this chapter and uh, we've, uh, yesterday we explored this verse, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. In other words, we don't owe the flesh anything. We don't owe our human nature, our fallen, broken human nature, anything. When it demands that we feel guilty, demands that we feel ashamed, demands that we feel afraid, we say no by faith. We say no, Lord Jesus, in you I have no... There is no guilt, there is no condemnation, there is no shame and fear. You have taken my judgment upon yourself. And so, you see, the guilt and shame and fear that would normally draw us back into our old patterns of behavior is broken. And uh, that guilt and shame and fear is the bedrock or the foundation uh, of so much addiction. Because addiction, as you see, is escape from pain well when we know that there is no more pain uh, in our mind because jesus has taken our guilt and our shame and our fear then the very foundations of addiction are taken away and that's the context in which paul then says this for if you live according to the flesh you will die but if you live if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body you will live Now, this is an interesting verse because it's the first time Paul, in chapter 8 anyway, speaks about our behavior, our actions. Um, Notice how well done this is. So much of modern Christianity talks simply about behavior with no context whatsoever. And when we have no context, to overcoming a sin or an addiction, then it becomes another legalism. We just have to obey and do the right thing, and if we do, we'll be saved. That is not the the gospel at all. So Paul is putting this um, action of removing ourselves from our old behaviors in a whole context of grace in which God has brought mercy to us, in which he has enabled us to live by faith in the Spirit of God, that by faith in Christ, so that uh, we count our humanity, our natural fallen nature, as dead, as already finished. This is all of the broad, far-reaching context in which Paul speaks of putting to death deeds of the body. And here, uh, the near context in this verse is similar. Now listen, listen to what it says. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. Again, don't see this as a threat. This is not a chapter threatening us with judgments. This is good news. He's saying, don't live according to the flesh, because it's only deathly. He's simply stating a matter of fact. Now, what is it? As uh, you've already heard me, though, give you the answer. But let me uh, ask it again for maybe some who are new listeners. What is it to live according to the flesh? Does he mean the skin we're brought, we're, we're, that that uh, we live in? He no. The word flesh here is being used as an expression of human nature in its fallen state. In the fallen state of the flesh, we are in the kingdom of Adam, the kingdom that brought, as a result of Adam's sin, the kingdom that brought sin and death to all of us. That kingdom where God is absent, except as a judge, and is ready to exercise that judgment upon us. God didn't want that to be, and so he himself brought in a new kingdom through his son, the second Adam, in which there is no judgment. All are justified, all are declared innocent. Now, that new kingdom we are privileged to live in by the Spirit, that is, by faith that the Spirit gives us. The Spirit, you see, brings faith to mankind. We do not create faith. We do not generate it. Faith is not an act of the will. Faith is not a decision. Faith is a result of the revelation of Jesus Christ to us that God has brought, that Jesus is the Son of God, that Jesus is the Savior of the world, that Jesus Christ is our reconciliation to the Father. Through him we are reconciled to the Father. And Jesus is the righteousness of God, so that in him we are counted as righteous. The Spirit brings all that to us by faith. And as we believe it, we are able to, more able anyway, to put to death the deeds of the body. That is, the deeds of our body in its fallen state— The word flesh there and body have the same idea. Flesh is our fallen humanity. Body, in this context, is our fallen humanity. Now, remember what we talked about in the previous verse. Putting to death the deeds of the body, putting to death what the flesh wants us to do, whether it's drugs or alcohol or sexual addiction or whether it's food issues or overweight and all that, whether it's gambling and just uh, riotous living, whatever the flesh wants us to do, it wants us to do it in the kingdom of Adam where there is judgment, condemnation, and fear of eternal loss. But there are many things that are in, done in our human nature, in our body, in our flesh, in our, not in the sense of uh, uh, a sinful state. There are many things that are done which are perfectly okay and normal if not done in the flesh. That is not done in the fallen state of our humanity, but are done in the presence of the Lord with thankfulness and praise. And so some things that are illegitimate when done in the kingdom of Adam, in our guilt and shame and fear, can be done in our new life in Christ. Let me give you a simple illustration of that. Drink. Alcohol. The issue of alcohol, has often perplexed Christians, should I drink or should I not, The Scripture, it seems, allows us to rejoice in wine, but if it is done in the flesh, that is, in the sinful nature, the kingdom of Adam, then what happens is that we simply disregard God, we don't care about our health, we don't mind getting drunk, and uh, it becomes a thing of the flesh in the sense of the fallen state. But if in the Spirit we wisely, moderately take a wine with our dinner or something, then there is no sin in that as long as it is in the Spirit, that is, that is, it is done in the presence of God with rejoicing. Do you see? And that's true of certain people who who, who have food addiction issues and uh, the, the, all the other addictions, of course. I mean, for instance, take an uh, anorexic, a person who has become terrified of eating and fears that she or he uh, is fat, sees herself in the mirror, oh, I'm fat, when in fact she's not fat, but she thinks she has this image of herself because she's ridden with guilt and shame and fear. So she avoids food and gets dangerously ill by avoiding food. Now, we can't tell her to overcome the flesh in the sense of, don't eat food because it uh, applies to the flesh. Rather, we have to teach that person and help that person to know the experience of eating in the Spirit, that is, in her new life in Christ, so that food becomes innocent, no longer uh, an, a, a sort of stimulus to evil. And this is where we learn how to transfer so much of what we did in the flesh to do that by faith and rejoicing in God. But there are, of course, very specific sins and uh, things that we do that we must cut off. But how do we cut them off? Do we simply try to stop doing these things and simply um, become religious neurotics by avoiding this and that and the other? No, what we do is, le- is cut those things off by slowly learning to know we are in Christ, not in our natural humanity. And I- the issue of breaking free from various habits that we believe destroy us, are harming us, are uh, cutting off our relationship with God, the issue is not to dwell on the habit itself but the state of mind in which we express it because all sins have a state of mind and what is that state of mind? Blocking God separating ourselves from God shutting him out moving back into our darkness so that we stop thinking about God and we stop having beautiful Uh, comfort from him. The only thing then left is our own darkness, and we light our candles of sin in order to stop us from being afraid of the dark. But when we open our mind up to God and acknowledge that we are tempted or we have this desire— We have this addiction in front of us, but we praise you, dear Father, that you are our God, there is no condemnation, and you are not judging me right now, but comforting me and helping me. That is how we begin to cut these things off that are harming us. The issue, then, is not the drug of choice, but the state of mind, and that is where this verse will mean so much to you. Read it again in that context. Romans 8, verse 13. Donations are most welcome. Thank you. To keep the program on the air, send your donation to FaithQuest, P.O. Box 366, Littleton, Colorado, 80160, or make your donation online at faithquestradio.com. Thanks. I'll see you next time. Cheerio and God bless.